Hi, Jenny Bear. Hi. Here we are again. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. We are in Season 1, Origin Stories, Episode 7. And today we're going to talk about glimpses of your life calling. This is a deep, deep principle. We're going to tell some stories so you can kind of get an idea of where we're coming from. Just that title sounds mind-boggling. Yes. People are going to be like, what the heck? Yeah. Long time ago, somebody promised me that I would have glimpses into the future, and I've held on to that promise. And so every so often, there have been times in my life where I'm on a path, and I get this glimpse of what's possible. And the possibility intrigues the heck out of me. It makes me so excited. And then I... Get scared. I get scared. I sometimes get stuck in the details. I get stuck in the implementation of arriving there. Then God invites me to come back and say, okay, listen, I gave you this glimpse. And if you just partner with me, (laughs) you and I are going to do some amazing things. Right, but it brings up so many feelings. Like as you describe it, it sounds like, wow, am I really worthy of this? Maybe I should sabotage myself on the route. Right. So we're going to tell some stories and then we're going to teach some principles from some amazing books on these, on this whole idea. Our intention is that you will walk away from this podcast thinking, wow, what is possible? And, and wow, what is it that I actually want out of life? Because that was a life-changing question that somebody asked me once. Jenny, tell me about your decision or how you felt when it became clear that essential oils and specifically with doTERRA was going to be part of your calling in life like Like how did it all start I mean how yeah how did how did you decide that it was like I I gotta do this it wasn't even me I just accepted the challenge (laughs) so I had smelled these oils I was all in I was gonna use them for my family because I'd been looking for herbal options to help with health and just be a very natural person and I was using these and then God whispered you need to go and share these with other women And I was like, hey, um, did I remind you that I am shy, that I am quiet? And that doesn't sound like something shy. Someone who is shy and quiet is not going to go share it with the world. But I did. And it became this, a lot of people will tell you, which is kind of a funny reference, that doTERRA is a gateway drug to a brand new life that's just waiting for you. It's unreal. That if you go at it as, gosh, I'm going to build the business, oh my goodness, this whole world of you becoming a better version of yourself opens up. And if you're just doing it to take care of your family, it rises the level of emotional health in your family. So that is what I started doing. And it was a schooling experience. It was. I definitely had my great points. I had my bouts of tears. I remember, coming to you, I remember coming to you a few times and being like, why am I, I doing do this? this? <laughs> you're like, I don't know why you're doing this. I'm like, I have to keep my promise to God. <laughs> like, I'm here. I'm staying. But let, I want to I give the, the listeners a, a vision of what that looks like. What does it look like when you feel this calling to do something? Because, I mean, I think there's, there's a skeptic out there who could be listening to this and be like, oh, you know what? You just talked yourself into, into doing this because you were intrigued by 
the money options or no. getting your products paid for. No, no, <laughs> no. A calling is when you feel down to your toes. It's part of your life mission. It's part of the reason you were put on this earth and that you have something to provide and give to someone else. The best profession I ever heard and the only profession that I ever really hear people talk about they're doing it because it's their calling mm-hmm. are lay midwives. They just have such a passion and such a devotion to helping women give birth in a very natural, healthy way that they will sacrifice sleep over it just to be there because the high of being there is so worth it to them. And so that's what you're looking for is where in your life are you finding something that gives you a high and work no longer is work. Work is when you do that, it's energizing. It lifts your soul. And as you do so, you provide the value that people are loving. And so then they pay you the value you're worth and it becomes this just bright experience. So fun. Yeah. And let me just add that this is not, this, this episode is not a, a pitch to people to do a specific thing for their life calling. <laughs> what we're pitching is please figure out your life calling yeah, <laughs> and your yeah. life mission, whether that is in the professions, whether that's being a doctor, whether that is being a teacher, please. There oh, there are definitely teachers, school teachers yes. that fill a calling. And it's when they get wrapped up in the money and they decide to go pursue another career that sometimes they fall a little flat on their faces. We are all infinitely unique. Yes, in our last podcast, we could say, oh yeah, there's people that are you know, type one and type two and type three and type four and whatever. It has different secondaries and, and you can group people together. But at the end of the day, there is no one on earth that is just like you. And so as believers in God, we must then accept the corollary that if there is no one else on earth like us, then there must be no other mission that anyone else can perform other than us, other than us individually. But at least for the people who you're going to be able to touch, you know, we're not all designed to touch the lives of every single person in the world. Right. But we do have a corner of the world we can touch. Yeah. I mean, not every single person out there is meant to be the next Tony Robbins to stand on a stage. But there is somebody feeling drawn to be that person. Yeah. The takeaway from the, from this is, Find your calling while remembering that you are infinitely unique and you have specific strengths that are meant to help you with that. And then three, to partner with God to discover and then implement your life mission. Okay. So now the schooling experience. Now, exactly. So now, Let's get going. (laughs) In, In the last couple episodes, we talked about different personal development things and there is a notion out there that sometimes our human brain will respond to an input completely differently than our soul does. It's like our soul is screaming for us to do something and our brain says, "Oh hell no. <laughs> I'm not doing that." And this kind of this came to a head for us at one point, I mean, literally 7 years ago. Jenny gave me a birthday present. She had been in the midst of all of her personal development things and in her business building, and I was just doing my thing, providing for the family and going to my my job and doing my thing. And she got me 
a, a book on CD, and it was Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And when she gifted that to me for my birthday, I opened it up and I got mad at her. Oh, it wasn't just mad. I was. It was an explosion. It was an explosion. If you've ever seen a type one fireworks show, that was Stephen Bear. Yeah. It was not pretty. And you said. You got this for you. You didn't buy this for me. And it was quite a weekend. And I, I cried, but I knew that. The reason I'd bought that book for you is because I'd heard you mention the author's name at one point. And I was like, hey, the author wrote a book. I'll buy it for you. Yeah. <laughs> Little did we know. And and the, and I think this is one of those moments. There's There are moments in time where you are literally going to be challenged with the opportunity to do something amazing. And your soul says, yes. And your brain says, no. And then, and then some sort of catastrophe explosion happens and and you know for for the judeo-christian person that is that is listening to this i mean classic story of this is jonah in the whale and he's called to do something and his soul is saying yes lord i will do it and his brain thinks oh crap i don't want to go to nineveh i know what they're going to do to me in nineveh i know what's going to happen if i if i show up there so i'm going to run away from the calling and he get, gets on the boat, and then the storms blow, and he gets tossed overboard, and then the whale comes along. And what some people miss from this story is that the whale was a merciful way of, of God rescuing Jonah. And giving him a second chance. And protecting him so that he could still fulfill his life calling. And this... So if your life calling is coming to mind, and you know you missed the boat, there's another boat coming. Yes, 100%. Hop on board. <laughs> get on the boat. <laughs> or at least get let the whale spit you out on, onto shore mm-hmm. so you can go. And this, ha- and this happened to me specifically. But that's, a, that's an example of calling plus brain getting involved and in saying, no, 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 I'm not going to do this thing that I feel called to do. It's too scary. Creates a little mini, ca- mini catastrophe in our lives. Yeah. Um, and we've, we've witnessed this a few times in our life and with other people. The end result of Rich Dad, Poor Dad was I, um, I, I, I ended up listening to it within a month or two. Yeah, you I did. And it. I was like, fine, if you think I got it from me, then I guess I better listen to it. And I started to. Yeah. And then I took it on a camping trip and I was listening to it and I had these like 12 and 13 year old boys riding in the car with me and they're like, oh, this sounds interesting. I was like, you know, it really is interesting. <laughs> And then the real the book that really changed my mindset was Cash Flow Quadrant by Kiyosaki. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, I am totally doing the wrong thing to to build up wealth and freedom in the long run. So I try I I did I I did my best to just kind of follow along with Jenny and her calling, but I didn't know I still didn't know what my life my calling was. Mm-mm. Well, so we, you were just following my lead and I was like, hey, why don't we start connecting with other business owners? Right. That's and you I'm. were like, okay. And I said, and you're going to take the head on this. And you're like, what? And I'm like, and you're going to sacrifice your lunches every week for this. What? <laughs> but this is your business, Jenny. And I'm like, yeah, but you need to have a hand in it. So yeah. you did. And it paid off. You were connected with a life coach that I- was the perfect coach for you at that time. I, yeah, exactly. I, I joined a BNI group representing Jenny's business and I 
I remember getting there and it was Jenny's business and I was just representing her. And then at some point it shifted and said, no, this is, this is mine. This is mine too. Mm-hmm. But it got me connected with that, with a life coach and he had a $300 12 week mastermind group that he was putting on. And I attended this, this workshop diligently every week. And one of the most critical questions and exercises that we went through was, what do you want? You write down what you want, and then you say, but why do you want that? And then you make an answer, and you, do, you go deep. You go like seven layers deep. Yeah, it why was really deep. Why do you want that? Why do you want that? Mm-hmm. Why do you want that other thing? So if you're looking for a self-help book on that, go to Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Yes. And you'll get the same concept. Right. I realized that I was like, wait, I do have... I do have these dreams. I can do more. I can be more than this supervisor in a basically a glorified call center supervisor position. I can be more than this. And my world felt bigger than the 70 or 80 people that were in that building. And I felt confined and limited that my audience was only the 70 or 80 people in that building, that I could only have influence over those 70 or 80 people. And of those people, it was literally maybe a third or a quarter. Of that them. were actually asking you to be their influence. Yeah. And then your influence was otherwise being forced upon them. Right. And you were like, I got a bigger reach than this. I've got to, yeah. i got to do something with this. And it's taken time. It and has. now here we are in a podcast. <laughs> and you have a reach. And I have a reach. I have influence. Because I did that $300 investment, literally, you know, two months later, uh, Jenny was invited to do a much bigger and deeper coaching program, which was really uh, like your your life coaching certification program in essence. In essence, yeah. It was huge. It opened my eyes to the world of coaching, what it would take. And I could still, I, that was what started the embers of desire. Like, this is also part of your life, Jenny. And it took some time for me to do that. But the first person I started coaching was you. Yeah. After every lesson, I would come home and we would have lots and lots of conversations and go deep and circle around it and look and see if there were any flaws in what I was learning. (laughs) (laughs) And there there was a time when we were listening or we we were talking about something uh, specific and I told Jenny that I wished that they would talk about this stuff in church. This stuff is so good. It's so deep. It's so meaty. I wish they would talk about it in church, especially from official, like the, the global church organization standpoint. And lo and behold, within a few weeks of asking that question. God gave it to you. God showed me exactly where I I could find it. Every single principle that we were learning was taught in some way in church. Mm -hmm. And I was like, ah, I feel validated (laughs) from a religious standpoint. Right. And for me, that was just a warm and comfy feeling that was like, okay, good. I'm on the right track. Yeah. And during that coaching program, we were introduced to two different and I say we, <laughs> it was Jenny's coaching experience. She was the one that traveled for the, the inner circle meetings. She was the one on the weekly calls. She was the one having the, the, the one-on-one coaching experiences with her, with her coach. But 
I took all that information in through osmosis and I was like, wait, tell me more. Well, like I said, you were my first client. (laughs) And the joke is that I coached you right out of your job. She did. Because you were like, I can't keep being who I am at my job. I I got to move on and do something else and live more of who I am somewhere else. And so that's exactly what we did. And there were two books that were absolutely critical for that. The first was The Big Leap. And I kind of read these in tandem. Uh, and Big Leap is by Gay Hendricks and The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Let me repeat that. War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Because I know a lot of you are going to flip that title and go off on a completely different tangent. <laughs> Not the art of war. War of art. War of art. So those helped really solidify the how to know the direction you're going and how to know if it's your true north or if your brain is trying to redirect you south. Yeah. One of the one one big principle from the uh, from the big leap that's worth talking about is this idea of zones, and there's your zone of incompetence, there's your zone of competence, there's your zone of excellence, and then your zone of genius. Mm-hmm. And basically, part of finding your calling is understanding where that where the zone of genius is right for the for individuals so bear in mind at this point i'm a mom and i'm working my business and i'm discovering that my zone of competence is in housekeeping and it was awful so the first thing i let go of because i'm like well i'm not working in my zone of competence i'm certainly not going to do the laundry anymore Yeah. Steve was like, sure, I'll take that on. <laughs> <laughs> well, at some point we got, we, we were like, hey, Jenny's making lot, making good money with this and it's really supporting our family. So yes, honey, you do more, you do more, I'll do, I'll, you do more outside of the home, I'll do more inside the home. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and for me, I also recognize that I was in a job that my interactions were in my zone of excellence because I, I could put a smile on people's face. Mm-hmm. But by virtue of the circumstances I was in, it was like, the sorry, the industry and the company and also my career path. My that's, That was the key point. My career path was taking me to a place that would be my zone of incompetence. Like the next step in promotion for me, despite the fact that I was doing a great job in, my, in that position, the next promotion was a zone of incompetence. Not yeah. even zone of competence. Yeah. It would have been contrary to everything that I'm naturally good at. So in other words, you could see the signs that you were going to be belly up at the next promotion. Yeah. And that, 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 yeah. That you were, program. you've now been capped. Uh-huh. In that industry. Yeah. In that experience. So think <clears throat> for a minute, listener, are you being capped where you're at? Or do you feel like you're only worth whatever job you're working at? You know, maybe you're a housekeeper and you only feel like you're worthy of being a housekeeper when there's lots of other jobs out there and there's plenty that would probably make more money, but that's where you feel like you're worth something. So stay back, take a step back and start saying, well, what, what am I best at? What is my zone of genius? If your zone of genius is cleaning people's houses, I can promise you, you can make great money doing that. Mm-hmm. Because you're just going to be so good at it. Every person who wants to appreciate that is going to find you and appreciate you. Yeah. And you're going to be able to scale it to other people getting like, involved. It'll be a and... thing. But is it not? Yeah. So you got to know what's good for you. And of course, there are lots of 
lots of programs and books and things that help you figure that stuff out. But Jenny and I kind of reject the idea of assembly line coaching. Oh, 100%. Like there's assembly line, there's information that people need to know. And there's education that needs to take place and frameworks that you need to learn and perspectives you need to see. Yeah. And that can all be self-taught or you can pay a coach to do that, which is 100% fine. Or you can do pay a coach who's going to do group coaching that can do that. That's also fine. Um, but when you really want to dive deep and be personalized, that's my zone of genius. Yes. I love it. <laughs> it's so fun. I get off those calls and Steve sees me glowing and he's like, oh, I wish I could have you tell me everything. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I admit if there are calls that are not dealing with things of a sensitive private nature, I will sometimes just sit and listen because I'm like, I just want to watch genius in action. <laughs> and, it's, and it's really a, a special thing for me to, uh, to watch. And of course there are times that I, and then there's times you're like, okay, enough with your son of genius, Jenny, your kids just want a mom right now. And I'm like, ah, okay, I'll put it away. That's really hard. <laughs> Yeah, and of course you had learned at some point that you're like, oh, I can't zone of genius all the time with with you, Steve, me. That you, that you had to... Nobody like, oh. nobody who lives with me 100% wants to be zone of genius all the time. <laughs> they definitely want just, can you just be my mom? Can you just be my wife? Can you just love me? <laughs> yeah, so with you, you were my first client, but I also learned that I had to take off my... I had to wear a hat. Mm -hmm. And when we were starting to get into this, I was starting to coach you so frequently. You were like, Jenny, take off the coaching hat. I was like, okay, I'll put on my wife hat. And then I'd warn you, I think we need to put on the coaching hat. Are you ready for a session? And it would be like drastic change in our relationship because I'd be like, no, I'm your coach. I'm not your wife anymore. And for the next 10 minutes, I got to tell you how it is and I got to get it to you straight. Yeah. And those were very helpful. Yeah. So the other book, War of Art, Stephen Pressfield, this was especially valuable for me because while Jenny was in the midst of her coaching program and I'm having all these glimpses of what was possible in the future um, and what I could, the influence that I could really have, I was given the opportunity to start a business with a new friend. And that was, that in and of itself was flattering. Just the idea of somebody saying, hey, I like you, I trust you, you're knowledgeable, will you help me start a business? When the offer went out, it was very much like, oh, yeah, I'll help. I'll be like a silent <laughs> partner. I'll give you some money, and I'll definitely be there to support you. Um, but in that process of being asked if I wanted to do it, I was having all sorts of feelings of, no, no, say no, don't do it. Don't, don't you know, you don't want to do this. Um, this is going to be hard. This is going to be, this is going to be too much. Your self-esteem didn't know if it could handle it. <laughs> yeah. That's quite honestly what it was. And so your brain was like trying to protect your self-esteem. Yeah. And telling you every reason you should not accept. Don't take this risk. Don't take this risk. Don't do it. And in reading, in reading Stephen Pressfield's work, it was very clear to me that, that resistance shows up as a indication that you are actually on the, wrong, the right path. That it shows up to, to remind you of what you really want. And it invites you to say, do you, are you going to press through this or are you going to cave to it? Mm -hmm. 
And because I was reading the book at the same time as feeling all this stuff, I was like, no, I've got to, I've got to see this through. And so I saw it through and I quit my job and, um, strategically timed it. I, and then, um, and then I jumped on, on board with this other business I had started and I jumped on board with, with helping Jenny with the oil business. And it was, uh, it was very interesting how the Jonah and the whale experience began to play out for me at that moment. And I wasn't planning on talking about this when we started this podcast, but heck, let's do it. I, before I, I quit my job, I was feeling a little bit of anxiety about it, but I just knew in my soul that it was the right thing to do. I knew that I was supposed to leave that position. And, um, and so knowing that, then it was about getting my brain wrapped around, okay, all right, so this is the money that we're making in the oil business, and then this is what's possible in the other business, and this is how much money I have in savings, this is how long I can go, all, you know, all those, all those calculations as the provider of the family. And then there's the, you know what, I'm just going to trust, I'm just going to trust God, and I'm going to trust the feelings that I've had up to this point. And so I took this big leap, literally a big leap, but instead of leaping and finding a footing going upwards, I found myself falling. Mm-hmm, you did. And it was like I had taken, it was like, you know, think about Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, where he's, where Indiana has just passed the two first uh, tests, and then he's standing at that cliff, and he's like, I'm taking a big leap of faith, and he lifts his foot up, and he goes forward, but instead of landing that foot on that hidden pathway that he couldn't see or detect, all of a sudden he's like, whoa! <laughs> and so I started to fall. But in the process of falling, you know, a lot of people will talk about entrepreneurs, like entrepreneurship is jumping off a cliff and then figuring out how to, how to how build to a parachute on your way down. Or how to, how to figure out how to fly on the way down. Yeah. And anyway, on the way down, I found myself just, whoa, falling, 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 falling. And then at the bottom of that canyon, it was like there was this huge safety net. And I fell and I landed in the net. And the net, like, I, my body weight collapses the net all the way down to the canyon floor where I go, boop, <laughs> kind of scrape my butt, kind of scrape my pants. But I'm all the way at the bottom. Mm -hmm. I'm at the bottom of this cliff. And so the next few years was figuring out, okay, how do I get myself back up? And so I worked that other business with my business partner and had some really wonderful experiences. But going back to the Jonah and the whale uh, metaphor, I, I had felt a calling to do personal development, coaching, to do oils, to do healing with Jenny. Like Jenny was meant to be my business partner. And like Jonah, I was like, that's too scary. <laughs> I don't know that I can do that. Let me go do a business with another guy. Let me do time. another, let me do something different. <laughs> and Jenny can keep doing this other business by herself. Yep, you did that. So I ran. And I ran to the ship and I got on the ship and then the storm is literally blowing, blowing, blowing. And then I got launched off of the, the edge of the boat, but 
the whale that rescued me was my business partner and was his idea. And it didn't mean that that was the ideal situation. I mean, being in the belly of the whale is not necessarily like, hey, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, mom, no, but, I reached my dreams. But what, and this is what's funny is um, some people like you are meant to experience a variety of things in life that feel like failures. Because then when people come to you for your advice and knowledge, and they're not meant to experience the failures, you can see a way different path ahead of them and say, mm, you need to pivot or you're going to end up where I was. And you're welcome to walk that path. You will survive it. But if you'd rather just skip it all together and move to thriving, I suggest you go this direction. So that's why you went that way. It was all meant to be. Oh, of course. And my favorite saying is it's all working out for my best good and so it definitely did for the both of us it was just a ride we had to take together and i like to call these divine detours and it's the lord knew that i would be afraid of the calling but he the lord knew to invite me to take the jump he also knew there was a safety net for me he knew that there'd be people that would come to my rescue and that there was a whale next to that boat, essentially, that would swallow me up and keep me safe and keep me from drowning. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's just what happened. And that was just part of the process. And, and people could look at Jonah. <laughs> I mean, this is a line from, from Avenger, the Avengers movie, where <laughs> Iron Man's flying through New York City, and he's thinking about how to, how to defeat these big Leviathan space monsters that are coming through that portal. And... Iron Man says to Jarvis, his artificial intelligence, hey, J hey, Jarvis, remember that story of Jonah and the whale? And Jarvis says, uh, I don't believe he's the best role model. <laughs> and, and Iron Man's like, screw it. And he just goes and he just flies straight into these, these big creatures and just blows through the other side and it takes it down. But that's the thing is Jonah gets all this flack for, oh, you're not a really good role model. But the fact of the matter is that he's the perfect role model for all of us who get a glimpse of a calling and then in some way run from it. And are, we're afraid to complete it. And we're afraid to fully partner with God. That's why Jonah is one of the best role models in the Old Testament. So I think that's a great place to end yeah, this episode. Yeah, it's going to give you a lot to think about. But let's recap what to think about. What glimpses of potential and possibility have you seen of yourself? Yeah. If you or don't of even your know, spouse. If you don't know your zone of, of genius, start at least looking at your zone of excellence and make sure you've got a job that will put you there. Make sure you're operating out of that. And if you're not operating out of it in your job, find another place in your life you can operate out of it to at least help nurture that side of you until you're ready for some jumps. Yeah. Have the courage to partner with the Lord to know what that, what that calling actually, what's possible. And then find the people that will help you reach your potential. And yes, we believe that we can help you reach your potential, but we might not be the right fit for you and that's okay. That's all for today, folks. Live your dreams. Find the glimpses of 
what's possible. We'll talk to you later.